This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is the purpose of attacking stores, of looting, of destroying, of doing all of this? I know that for people that steal, they get a financial benefit from it. I know that for people who are angry and upset, they want some outlet for their their rage and any political cause, any narrative that gives them some justification in their mind for it is immediately seized upon. But when do we understand that in, until as a society we entirely condemn forcefully, uh, culturally, politically, legally, until we take action to shut this stuff down, it will continue. It keeps going. Trump is not president, and yet they're still looting stores. They're still trying to burn down federal buildings. The left, the mob, they feel justified in this in some capacity. And it means that we're all less safe. Um, but I want to tell you about how to stay safe when you're online. There's a lot of good in having access to free Wi-Fi when you're out in public. And we're starting to do that again, as you know. Free Wi-Fi is faster access to the Internet. No data usage charges on your cell phone bill. But with all that good comes a risk. And that is that some bad actor in the area could just be waiting to gain access to your data. Some cyber criminals have figured out ways to access your data and your devices on free Wi-Fi services. Others are even more clever. They set up dummy free Wi-Fi in public areas like coffee shops or sporting events. You end up connecting to them without ever suspecting anything until it's too late. But there's a way to protect yourself in such circumstances, and it comes from ExpressVPN. That's a company providing you with a virtual private network. That's what a VPN stands for. When you use a VPN and ExpressVPN makes the most advanced user-friendly version, you're providing an important layer of privacy on all you do on the web from your laptop or your phone. So if you're sending an email or making a purchase, no one can see it, especially not the cyber thief that's trying to. It's like the difference between sending a postcard in the mail that anyone might be able to read and a letter in a sealed envelope that no one can see what's inside. The service is not expensive. It runs just a little more than six bucks a month. And for that, you can protect yourself and five of your devices like I do. Start with your laptop or computer and include your phone and tablets. Keep what's private to yourself. To sign up, all you do is go to expressvpn.com buck to get three months free with an annual plan. That's expressvpn.com buck to get three months free with an annual plan. A police-involved shooting is what the media calls it. And this is one of these times where a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of factors seem to be coming together to make the situation even, even worse than it would otherwise be. Let's start with the basic details from over the weekend. A man uh, named uh, Dante Wright, 20 years old, was shot in Brooklyn Center, which is right near Minneapolis, Minnesota. After being pulled over by police, the story that we are being told right now, and I want to emphasize how much this changes and how the facts will shift. They always do in these politically charged incidents of police involved use of force, lethal use of force. The story is that he had air fresheners and that he was pulled over for air fresheners. I I don't understand how that could be what happened, but that's what is being reported. That doesn't ring true to me, but that's what is being said. But he was pulled over and then he got back into the car. Police discharged their weapon. He drove off and then crashed the car later after he presumably bled out after being shot. Now, what you're supposed to think based on the headlines, the way the media is presenting this, and I want to be clear, we don't have as I'm speaking to you right now, we don't have all the facts. We don't have all the information. And there's a lot more we certainly will have. Minneapolis just recently passed a body cam regulation that all cops at all times, even for casual conversations, have to have body cams on. So there's going to be body camera footage of this. But you can get a sense right now that the media, the left, the Democrats want to take all of this action, want to do all these things before we can even see what is on the body cam. It's an opportunity for rage and destruction, irrespective of what the actual facts may be. And so they just go. 
what what is the likely scenario here? And and I would I will wait before I start saying what did happen, because we don't know. We have not seen the evidence we need to see to make that determination. It sounds like this individual, uh, based on the police reporting of this and how these events lined up, uh, this individual, Dante Wright, decided that he was going to get back into the car. Now, he might have just been scared. He might not have. And and I'm surmising here. I'm analyzing based on incomplete data. He might have been scared. He might have been in a circumstance where he was just trying to get away. But if you're a police officer who is standing in front of or near the front of a a vehicle that is being floored and all of a sudden you hear that screeching because the accelerator has been put down, that's now a several thousand pound weapon coming at you. And anybody who doesn't think that a vehicle is a weapon doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. And if you do that, police are within lawful, lawful use of force to draw their weapons and fire. They don't have to stand there and get run over, get crushed by a vehicle. Right. And this would be a choice, a very unfortunate choice, if this is, in fact, what happened that Mr. Uh, Mr. Dante Wright made under the circumstances. We simply don't know. And as we get more, I will tell you more. But that looks like, based on the reporting we've seen so far, the most likely situation. The way that some media outlets are going with it, they make it sound like the police decided for no apparent reason. They pulled the guy over because he had air fresheners, and then they just shot him for no reason. What do you think the chances of that happening are? Because that's what, that's what people are, are being led to believe based on the news coverage and and some of the analysis of this from the corporate leftist media, that's what's actually happening. And they're telling people this stuff. They're they're withholding key details. Now, remember, this is just a matter of miles from where George Floyd was killed. The George Floyd trial is currently underway. It's uh, several weeks in, in process. And the tension around issues of police and an African-American male interaction couldn't be any higher. Does anyone really think that a couple of cops right near where George Floyd was killed or a cop right near where George Floyd was killed decided, I'm just going to be racist and shoot somebody for no reason now? Think about that decision, which is what people believe. I know it's crazy, but this is there's a widespread belief that this was just another racist cop killing because they they spread the belief before any facts actually come out, before we can really look at the information and see what's true and what's not. Does anyone really think that this cop thought to himself, I want to throw my life away. I want to probably uh, lose my job and face possible criminal charges and maybe decades in prison because I don't like uh, I don't like this individual, this random person I've interacted with now, Dante Wright, now deceased. Because of racism? I mean, think about well, think about the incentives here. I like to talk to you about incentives or, or motivations for the officers. Do you think these officers wanted to just go home at the end of, of, a, of a work day to their families? Or did one officer decide, you know what, I just want to be a racist murderer today for no apparent reason? What's, what's more likely? So why is it that I'm much more likely to get it right without even knowing all the facts, but piecing together these circumstances for something that is probable or credible versus where the rest of the media is, because they have an agenda that is not telling you the truth. They have an agenda that is pushing a narrative, a storyline that advances what they want, which is the demonization of cops as part of the liberal mindset that by undermining law enforcement, they are somehow being more just the left believes that throwing cops under the bus is a more just approach to minority communities the problem with that is all the facts show us that's not true right all the facts show that when you undermine law enforcement you know who suffers the most innocent hard-working law-abiding minorities in urban centers in america from violent crime that's where the actual suffering is. There's an analysis out uh, from University of, uh, I believe it's the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, that says the number of people who in Black Lives Matter specific 
uh, cities where there were protests, the number of people who have died as a res- at, in those cities versus other cities that did not have BLM riots going on over the last five years is in the thousands. And, and even if you think that statistic is a little too a little too many variables, too many things going on, uh, which I don't. But even even if somebody took that position, look at what happened last year. The resurgence of BLM as a national movement, the defunding of police, the undermining of cops, the worst murder rate in over 20 years nationwide. Thousands and thousands of people murdered, shot, raped, sexual assaults in New York City, where I am. Just a story came out of the weekend up 300 percent over the last 12 months. Three X. These are people that are committing rapes. These are uh, these are heinous, heinous felonies, and they're way up. What? Why is that? Why is this happening? We're supposed to believe what? That it's a coincidence. Are we all going to be made into coincidence theorists by the corporate media now? I think we know what's really going on here. I think we have an understanding of what's happening. There is a there is a political and emotional narrative of America is so racist with all of its racist cops. And anytime there's an incident involving law enforcement and a black male that involves lethal force, the media immediately jumps to the conclusion that this is unjust before they know the facts. And they're all wringing their hands and screaming about how how awful this is. And it's the cops fault, mind you, every death involving law enforcement like this is sad and should. And, and I, I wish there were zero lethal force cases in the country every year. But I also know, and having worked for the NYPD, having a career cop as an uncle, spent his whole career as a, as a foot patrolman, really, uh, that law enforcement do a very important job, and they have the right to defend themselves and go home to their families at the end of the day. They don't have to sacrifice themselves or you know, be, be attacked viciously and, and have the threat of their lie, uh, th- the threat of lethal force used against them without actually taking action. They don't have to go through that. That's wrong. And when we start to suggest they do, they back off and don't take the risks we need them to to protect innocent people. This is all very straightforward. The left can pretend as long as it wants that we don't know what happens when you start coddling criminals and undermining cops. But we do know from history, from experience and yes, from applying rational thought. We either live in a law and order society where we hold individuals responsible for their actions and we allow police to do the jobs that are entrusted to them, or we live in a place of mob rule, lawlessness, looting stores, burning down buildings because some people are angry and the media is fanning the flames of their rage. Does anyone think that the stores, you know, National Guard was deployed in the Minneapolis area and Brooklyn Center. Does anyone think that the stores that were looted, dozens of them, sneaker stores, cell phone stores, clothing stores, does anyone think that, the, that that's going to actually further the cause of justice? Do you think you'll see an angry CNN anchor going on TV tonight talking about how disgraceful this conduct is, how awful it is? No, if they talk about it, they'll say, well, you know, it's a lot, a lot of disparity in our society still. And, you know, there's still a lot, long history of racism and just downplaying and justifying the whole thing. It's shameful. It's disgraceful. And because of this Biden administration, Democrat narrative around law enforcement, it's just going to get worse. While there are still buildings destroyed and a lot of tension on the streets in the Minneapolis area, there's also Portland to talk about right now. The Immigrations and Customs Enforcement building in the city of Portland was set on fire over the weekend after what are being described as demonstrators. Antifa gathered outside. Now, this was worse even than you're you're seeing in most of the news coverage. They tried once again. This is not the first time this has happened. Uh, Leftists of Antifa gathered together, all dressed in black, head to toe, in their paramilitary garb, tried to blockade the entrance and exits to a federal building, an Immigration and Customs Enforcement building in Portland, and light it on fire. They did, in fact, light it on fire. They had to put the fire out. Uh, This is 
arson. And you could you could make a case that as they're as they're doing this, as they're blocking exits and entryways uh, and lighting a building on fire, it's attempted murder. But are you seeing it reported on in that way? Of course not, because these are people of the left. They are protected by Democrats. They are of the Democrat Party. They're just the most activist wing, if you will. They are the, the paramilitary shock troops of the Democrat Party. They want open borders, just like Democrats. Why do you think they're attacking an ICE facility in Portland? Because their belief is that there shouldn't be any processing or any stopping of people coming across our southern border whatsoever. They seek to undermine our sovereignty as a nation state entirely. And the Democrats are, are helping in this, of course. The Biden administration is largely on board for this. Except they have to process them. They realize it looks bad. They want the same end result, which is a de facto open border. But Antifa is saying, skip the theatrics withholding people and processing them. Just let them into the United States. Open borders. Why would anarchists understand what open borders does to a country? But Democrats don't. Why would people that want to completely bring about the collapse of our existing government and its replacement with some kind of left-wing authoritarian madness, why would they understand the importance of undermining border security, whereas Democrats seem to still be stuck on, oh, maybe this will just get better if we wait, as if they can't figure out the situation. They don't understand what's happening at our southern border. Well, were there any arrests made at this, uh, at this attempted burning down of an ice? But this is a federal building. I mean, do you realize what would happen to you if you tried to blockade, you know, the uh, the FBI building in downtown D.C.? You tried to block the exits and, and ran up to the building with a Molotov cocktail. I think we all know how that would end. But the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement building lit on fire. No arrests made specific to this. Portland just deployed uh, police in riot gear who used you know, pepper spray and, and rubber bullets and, and dispersed the crowd. But now we're at a place where Democrat leftist cities these cities are all run by Democrats, are turning into dystopian hellholes. And, you know, they used to always say, oh, well, why, why are people moving here? Well, it's because the Democrats took over these cities entirely as they got crazier and crazier. And you used to have no choice. There were a lot of people, I was one of them, who for certain jobs and opportunities, you had to be in these cities. But that's changing now. Mobile work could be the death of the Democrat urban enclave over time. People aren't going to want to deal with this anymore. I mean, I have work and family obligations that for now keep me in D.C. I mean, keep me in New York, rather, not D.C. I live in New York. Uh, keep me in New York. But if, if I had the opportunity to leave, if I could go somewhere else right now, if I could move to Texas, Tennessee, or Florida, for example, would I? Absolutely. And I, I'm somebody who used to be a defender of living in New York because I looked at all the pros and cons. But now you're seeing these cities just becoming nightmarish for a lot of people, especially those who live in high crime neighborhoods. But even if you live in what's supposedly a, a nice neighborhood in some of these cities, the crime spills over. You're dealing with it, too. And it hurts business investment. It hurts the overall psychology of being in these places. I mean, you, you could be hearing so much more about the crime, the crime wave of the last 12 months except they haven't really been able to figure out a narrative of this is not the fault of lax, uh, lax anti-cop policy, I mean, anti-cop views, lax enforcement of the law as a result of it, the BLM movement, and this idea that the problem in our society is, is we need criminal justice reform. That's going to solve everything. Turns out when you have, no, no, uh, no bail for people, no cash bail. People just let out right away, go out and reoffend. When you have an attitude that you should not uh, punish wrongdoing and protect the innocent, that society and not individuals are guilty of committing crimes, and therefore we all have to pay the price together, things deteriorate very rapidly. We are seeing Democrats embrace ideas from the 60s and 70s about crime that were uh, refuted by reality. They were refuted as a function of the stats and the data. 
and what people saw happening all around them. And you had the the enormous movement away from from a lot of cities. Why did the suburbs grow with such tremendous speed over over uh, the the 70s and the 60s, 70s and in the 80s? Because people wanted to get out of the cities because New York and Detroit and Washington, D.C. And, you know, name name a major city. Uh, they were dysfunctional messes with far too much crime. People don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to get shot or assaulted or or have their home invaded because of ideas that sound good to people sitting on their couch in Brooklyn Heights or Malibu, but actually end up making people less safe because they aren't rooted in reality and they aren't based in common sense. We, we are having a death of common sense in this country right now about law enforcement and law and order. And it is it is entirely and should be put squarely on the shoulders of the Democrats and the disgusting corporate media. It really does feel like the country is just going crazy sometimes. Right. You can't have a, a civil conversation with people. I'm talking about all these law enforcement issues, for example, the stuff that you'll see online. There are people that have just been brainwashed. And when you try to tell them what any reasonable, rational person would think in response to some of these news stories and what's going on, they just come after you. They scream at you. They say the most horrible things and and they will even try to find ways to contact you privately or personally. I mean, this happens not just to me as a public figure. It happens to people I know all the time. And given the way that big tech is also shutting down a lot of truth, a lot of honest conversations out there. We need to find places where we can actually exchange ideas as conservatives, say what we want to say, share the thoughts we want to share and not have crazy trolls and, and left wingers infiltrating, intimidating and undermining everything that's going on. That's why if you want a place where you can do this, you've got to go to caucusroom.com. Caucusroom is a social media network exclusively for conservatives. Caucus Room is an online community for conservatives to gather and engage locally. Only real people who are verified conservatives can become Caucus Room members, but Caucus Room will never share your information with anyone ever. The sign-up process ensures you're communicating with real conservatives in your neighborhood, no bots or trolls. It's a great way to get engaged on issues where you can make the biggest difference locally. At Caucus Room, you can participate in live virtual meetings that are so secure, the platform played host to over a dozen virtual Republican Party conventions last year. I share news jokes and find lots of ways. Also share news jokes and find lots of ways to get involved with causes near you without the Silicon Valley overlords stepping all over you. Caucus Room is made by conservatives for conservatives to get organized and make a difference. Join the Buck Sexton listeners group on caucusroom.com. That's C-A-U-C-U-S-R-O-O-M.com. Caucusroom.com to interact with other listeners just like you. That's caucusroom.com and join the Buck Sexton listeners group today. Well, I would just get back to what the president said even before he was inaugurated, that we need a universal wearing of masks. He said for at least 100 days, it may well go beyond 100 days. Everyone should be wearing a mask. They should avoid congregate settings. They should keep their distance and they should wash their hands as often as possible. We are not out of this yet. We had 80,000 new infections the other day. Now's not the time to declare victory prematurely. We have not won this yet. We will win it, but we yeah. haven't won it yet. Shut up, Fauci. I just don't want to hear it anymore. I'm, I'm just done with this guy. Uh, I'm just done with this guy. He, he says the same stuff on TV all the time. Is his job... To to be the the you know, whatever he is, the head of the National Inst National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, or is he an MSNBC contributor? I just want to know. What does this guy do? What is the purpose that he serves other than to create this complete fiction of some genius who's always right, who's making all health policy decisions for us? And really what he is is he creates the illusion for all these different Democrats, they just point to Fauci. He sits there to give them the answers they want. You know, Fauci is serving a role here as the make-believe honest broker in our COVID policy 
when he's just a Democrat bureaucrat. That's all the guy is. It's what he's done all along. And he's wrong and wrong and wrong. And I mean, this obsession with masking, we've been masking. And there's also there's no winning. We've lost over, what, 500,000 people at this point to COVID-19. The public, let, let's be honest about this. If Fauci was a general of an army after the year we've just had and the debacles and the, the, the disasters in COVID policy that they forced on us, and the guy would be court-martialed and would be trying to avoid time in Leavenworth. But because he's a health expert, because he's, you know, you know, it, it's premature to declare victory and all this other stuff, he gets away with this routine. This guy's a jackass. How many times do they get to be wrong? How many times will they be wrong? I mean, he's saying, you know, we need more. We need more masking. Trust me, 100 days and going to be another 100 days. going to be another 100 days after that. And here he is saying something. I mean, this is just. It's unthinkable that anybody still believes this clown, that anyone listens to him. I mean, he really needs to be told to go Fauci himself. Here he is. Play seven. Eating and drinking indoors in restaurants and bars. Is that okay now? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections, and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. So if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated as soon as vaccine becomes available to you and if you are vaccinated please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks is fauci a vaccine denier is he an anti-vaxxer i mean think think about what he is telling people here even after you're vaccinated you can't Go into restaurants and bars. Gotta, gotta be careful. Gotta no, no. I mean, really, Fauci is just is he's trash, folks. He's a bad guy. He's a little tyrant. He's a little loser who's really done very little to help anybody in his life. And at the at the very end, you know, in, in his golden years, this guy is suddenly like the most powerful person in America, and in some ways, the most powerful person in the world. He's the most famous voice of the lockdowns. And the, avoiding the plateaus with the mitigation measures and all this stuff. Utterly disastrous. Failed at every juncture. But he, he is really like the prophet of a religion. Fauci is now a religious figure for people. They worship this guy. He's a little turd, but they worship him. Everything he says, what he says is idiotic and people just it's amazing. I go on social media because, you know, I've people are finally starting to figure out how bad Fauci is. There's some kind of wishy washy, weak conservative types in media have been like, oh, I, I believe the science too. Well, it's a Fauci. And even they're like, wow, this guy actually is awful. Uh, there are people. It's amazing to see what they'll say. Those they'll, they'll make these excuses like, oh, it's really complicated. Why are you Monday morning quarterbacking? Monday morning quarterbacking. Fauci for the last year has been saying, you know, here's the playbook. Do exactly what I say. Don't he- I don't want to hear it. No questions. We're going to win if we do this. And every time we do it, we fumble the ball. They run it back for a touchdown. And we come back and say, hold on a second, Fauci. The last time we did what you said, we fumbled. We lost. You know, they, they ran it up the score seven points. We're supposed to listen to you. Why? This? You know, shut up. Do what I tell you. After a year of this, people should be saying, why do we listen to this moron? Why? You're not safe to go into restaurants after you're vaccinated? This is what he's saying. Want to know what else they're wrong on? Oh, there's so many things. So many things. I'll ask you this question. Can you get COVID from touching stuff? The CDC is an abomination of bureaucratic wrongness. It's a true statement. It's also the title of a piece right now up on BuckSexton.com, where I want you to go check it out. You can also always listen to the podcast at BuckSexton.com. There's a player right at the top of the page. Just go to BuckSexton.com. And uh, please also, if you ever want to share the show with somebody, just share that link and say, hey, just press play at the top. You'll be able to listen. The best thing you can do, though, is to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Buck Sexton Show and you can do that on the iHeartRadio app. You can do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
Uh, go check it out. Now, why am I saying the CDC is an abomination of bureaucratic wrongness? It's true, but let me give you the, the reasons why, right? The reasons why this place is such a mess. You will recall early on in this pandemic, you'll recall we were told things about and all these news stories, the panic porn was everywhere about the longevity of covid virus on what are called fomites or inanimate objects where you could have virus contamination tables walls desks door handles whatever it may be right surface contamination and we were led to believe depending on the day and the news source that we we had to be constantly scrubbing and cleaning and doing all this stuff and, and it, to me, it just seemed like forcing so much of America to engage in OCD like ritual cleansing. And, and, and there's there was no reason to believe that this was really going to bring down the virus dramatically. It just didn't make any sense. And yet they they were they were paranoid about it and they decided that this was the policy. And it wasn't a minor thing. I know people who were wiping down their groceries with Lysol wipes. I know people who were afraid to touch anything once they left their apartment. You know, remember, it was all, oh, we can't shake hands, got to touch elbows, got to, you know, got to touch this, touch that, the whole thing. It got so crazy. You, you will probably recall that early on in the pandemic, New York City was shutting down the subway at night to do a deep clean of the subway, of the subway cars. I mean, this is the biggest subway in America, and they were shutting it down at night so they could clean all the cars for what turns out no good reason whatsoever schools would have to shut down offices would have to shut down for a deep cleaning this was the this was the conventional wisdom this was part of what i call the fauciite consensus and this probably will not surprise any of you because you listen to this show it was wrong 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 as I say, how many times would you trust a stockbroker who lost money on every trade? Would you go in for a second surgery with a doctor who had operated on the wrong leg? Most jobs have some form of accountability in them. If you screw up, there are consequences. Not the Centers for Disease Control. Turns out, and this is, this is my, my bottom line for you all, there is basically zero risk of, of COVID transmission from surfaces. Now, before the fact checkers come at me, I have cited here, the actual CDC press release on the most recent studies. And remember, people act like the CDC. It's gospel. It is the unchangeable wisdom of the science. Turns out that they're interpreting studies. There are often multiple studies, incomplete studies, conflicting ones. And they're just giving you their best assessment. The conflation of fact with analysis by the CDC all along has been abominable. It has been awful. And we see yet another instance of this. The findings of these studies, though, this is from the CDC release from last week. The risk of COVID infection, SARS-CoV-2 infection, uh, via fomite transmission route is low and generally less than 1 in 10,000, which means that each contact with a contaminated surface has a less than 1 in 10,000 chance of causing an infection. 1 in 10,000. That's if you touch something that is directly infected by somebody with COVID. If you are going to walk around, but that's an estimate too. Let's remember that. If you are going to walk around worried about 1 in 10,000 possibilities, you will never leave your house. You will never go outside. You'll never do anything. Don't you see now what I've been saying all along about how they've destroyed our ability to be adults who manage health risks and make our own decisions? They destroyed it. They have collectivized all of it. They have shut down the public's critical faculties around viruses and around what's actually healthy and good for us. Right. They were shutting down. Remember when they were shutting down playgrounds and parks? They have an they have outdoor mask mandates in places, folks. There is still to this day no proof, no evidence that outdoor transmission of covid is a real risk. But notice I keep having to say real risk. 
because what they've done is they've changed the parameters. One in 10,000, oh, you can't say no risk. One in 50,000, can't say no risk. At what point is it too absurd? At what point is me saying when something is a one in a million risk, zero, therefore we do not have to take this into consideration anymore? At what point do they have to concede that? See, what they've done all along here is taken very, very slim odds when they want to and use them to make you do things you shouldn't have to do. And they've even taken very, very strong, very, very high odds and ignored them. Right. So you have a one in 10,000 chance. Now, granted, they're not telling you don't wash anything or don't do. Oh, no, no. Still, hand washing is very important and you still have to wash this and that. They, they just they present this evidence before it comes out from the studies so that people can pretend the CDC is an honest broker in all of this and not covering, uh, you know, doing a lot of CYA at the CDC. But you can't live your life this way. You can't live your life going around worried about one in 10,000, one in 50,000, one in a million health risks. I mean, you'll, you'll never do anything. You'll just live in a bubble and have someone, you know, give you give you a boiled mush to eat every day. I mean, it's crazy. But outdoor transmission, uh, I, I was fact fact checked by a bunch of left wing hacks that Facebook hires to outsource their suppression and be and on behalf of the crybaby Democrat mindset. Uh, but I was fact checked on saying that outdoor mask wearing is stupid. I'm right. Outdoor mask wearing is scientifically and from a risk basis, a stupid policy. But I still have them in Michigan. Indoor and outdoor mask mandates. I'm just wondering, how's that working out for Michigan? Texas gets rid of its mask mandate. And a month later, it's doing just fine. And, and all businesses open 100 percent capacity. Everything is open. Michigan has indoor and outdoor mask mandates. You know, it's like here in New York where I still have to be the moron alone in the gym on the treadmill with a mask on because God forbid the manager sees me without a mask alone in a big open space on a treadmill trying to work off some of the COVID LBs I put on from not being able to work out, not being able to go anywhere. And, and they're going to freak out and, and act like I'm a murderer. How dare you breathe fresh air? This is a madness. This is a mass hysteria. We have to fight back against this because they're not just going to let it go away. They're not just going to say, OK, fine, you're right. Maybe we were a little too. No, no, they're going to continue to push. Here is Gretchen Whitmer or perhaps as we should call her Gretchen Halfwit, uh, who is the governor of Michigan. And telling everybody about why. I mean, they've had nine out of the 10 urban areas of the country. I didn't even know there were nine urban areas to speak of in Michigan, but that's what I'm reading in the news. Nine. Out of, so I guess they're including Grand Rapids and places like that with the highest covid spread in the country. right now, nine out of 10 are in the state of Michigan. Michigan's had a huge spike in cases and with it, a, a major increase in hospitalizations and everything else. And yet Michigan's so strict. Governor Whitmer, she listens to Dr. Fauci. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't you know? She listens to the Fauci. Oh, she's a Fauci believer. Sure. Oh, sure. She is. Play six. I'm sorry. Play uh, Whitmer. Eight. Well, let me start by saying this. You know, we did not have a national strategy for a long period of time. And then the Biden White House came in and we have one. And by and large, it's working and they're doing a great job. I would submit, though, that in an undertaking of this magnitude with such consequence, it's important to recognize where there might need to be some adjustments along the way. We are seeing a surge in Michigan, despite the fact that we have some of the strongest policies in place, mask mandates, capacity limits, working from home. We've asked our state for a two-week pause. So despite all of that, we are seeing a surge because of these variants. And that's precisely why we're really um, encouraging them to think about surging vaccines into the state of Michigan. And I'm going to continue to fight for the people. That's fantasy land stuff. They have all these strict mandates. Lockdown half-wit Whitmer has all these super strong policies in place and they're failing. That's what's actually happening. The variants exist all over the country, all over the world, in fact. The variants, right? Just spewing the fauci talking points here. You have states that are open. You have states that are locked down. Some lockdown states like Michigan are doing not 
It's it's not that they're doing a little worse. They're doing much worse, but they're terrified. You know what they're terrified of? Elections coming up because people are actually starting to realize, hold on a second. You put us through all this misery and pain and destruction with these lockdowns. For what exactly? One of the only parts about all this remote work is that it's certainly shown people how effective and efficient they can be not in the office and also having people that are essentially taking on tasks for their business who, who are remote. And, and as you know, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. I mean, there are wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR managers aren't cheap. And we're talking salaries in the $70,000 a year range. But that's why I want you, if you're a small business owner, if you're working for a company that has an HR department, try Bambi. That's B-A-M-B-E-E was created specifically for small business. They'll give you a dedicated HR manager who can craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, and all for just $99 a month. That's right, $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from a huge liability to a major strength of your organization. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees, and cancel anytime. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now. That's right, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash buck. And I'm telling you, once you set up this service, you'll never go back to anything else because it's so efficient, so effective. It's going to save you so much time, hassle, and money for your business. Bambi.com slash buck. This is the only time that I have a platform to say something, <clears throat> and I've had something on my mind. It's affected me and a lot of people that I love, and I'm going to take a lot of criticism for saying what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways because I feel it needs to be said. I was driving by elementary school the other day, and I seen all these kids outside. They're trying to play on the playground. They're trying to run around. They're trying to swing on the monkey bars, go down the slide and wrestle and, and play tag, and they all got masks on. And I see them out there. Some of them taking their mask off so they can breathe fresh air. They get fresh air in their lungs when they take the mask off. And then you got a teacher walking around pointing at them saying, oh, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. And that makes me sick that these kids can't get fresh air and they're eight hours a day. They're sitting six feet apart from each other and they can't, they can't breathe fresh air. I don't agree with that. And I just want to tell Asa Hutchinson, I think you need to have a little bit of backbone because we did not vote for none of that. There was no vote. It said we want our kids in masks, we want to wear masks, we want our businesses shut down, we want our restaurants at half capacity, we want our gyms at half capacity. And I just don't know who he thinks he is telling us that we have to shut down our businesses or shut our businesses to half capacity without a vote. I love this UFC fighter, Bryce Mitchell, man. This guy, amen. I, I got to... Where are the other folks out there in this country with platforms? Where are the people that can that can reach those who aren't you know, listening to you know, political podcasts and things like that every day and watching you know, TV, new cable news? Speak out on this stuff. And please, you know, the, the, the tyranny is out of control. And well, I guess tyranny seeks to control all of us. But you know what I mean? This tyranny is just oppressive beyond words and and he's giving a great example of just you're observing this bryce mitchell is saying he's observing this that there are kids outside trying to get you know some time outdoors and and in the fresh air and not only are they being told they have to mask up they got a teacher running around telling them to pull their mask up instead of like mask up between bites it's you know mask up between up and down on the seesaw or something it's idiotic absolutely idiotic but you have all these people who just don't want to believe that they're morons who have believed everything that Fauci has said or they're just terrified I mean that's the thing when you're really scared your brain doesn't work as well and I I think people don't really have an understanding of this I mean I I remember when I was in the CIA I remember I was at the farm one one of the things we did for for training uh, you know training so people could just understand it was they would do we would do things on a timed basis under pressure and we even I remember we had these goggles where we would try to, 
you try to like uh, open a door or load a magazine into a handgun or something because they, they distorted your vision just to give you a sense of what it's like when your heart is pounding and when you actually have to be you know, doing so. You have to make decisions. You have to think when you're scared, when your heart's pounding, when your adrenaline's up. The same thing when I was the NYPD, this kind of stuff. We talk about this, you know, someone comes within 20 feet. You think you're going to draw your sidearm and you're going to be able to, you know, to, to take them down because that's what you can do standing on a line at, at a range. And you got all, you know, you're setting it up and you just had a granola bar and you got your shooter glasses on. You look all cool. That's one thing. Somebody who is trying to catch you off guard and run at you with a sharpened screwdriver when all you're thinking about is how you don't want to have to kill anybody and you just want to get home to your wife and kid. Very different feeling, very different situation to, to draw your to draw your service weapon and defend yourself with it. Right. All of a sudden your hand gets a little shaky. Fear brings about a physical impo- uh, uh, physical changes. Fear brings about psychological changes. People have been so scared and they just turn to whomever tells them that they'll provide them with safety, no matter how stupid, tyrannical or absurd the guidance is. But the other side of it is now that people are having a little bit more that there's there's a little bit more willingness, I think, to see this for what it is. And there has been at least some time. Nobody wants to believe that they were fooled. Nobody wants to believe that they were one of the cowards on this issue, right? And, and that, that creates a very difficult dynamic because you have all these people that react very negatively to me telling them that they should have their freedom back. Not until Fauci says so, because that's what the smart people do. I mean, there is no greater proof of lockdownerism as mass hysteria than all the people who are flaunting their refusal to lead normal lives after getting a vaccination that is 95% effective against a virus with a baseline 99% plus survival rate. If that is not safe enough, there's no such thing. I mean, that's really the key phrase here. Everyone has to understand this. If we cannot accept that you are safe after vaccination, you are never safe. It never works. Because you, you're, there's always going to there's going to be people who don't get vaccinated. There's going to be people who, you know, there's, there's always going to be some excuse for why. Well, we're still under threat. We're still under threat. It's unreasonable. Right. But they're taking outliers and an unreasonable position and using it as the justification for all this theory. I mean, I, I've started to see this more and more. They talk about the variants. You're also seeing uh, that there may be a need for booster shots now. How long does immunity last? Right. Here's what I can tell you. The notion of immunity lasting in general for 90 days, which I've seen someplace, that's just antibodies. That's not T cell immunity. That's not true for other viruses and other things out there. You you have immunity. You should be immune for a long time. And there's partial immunity, too. So we're just going to have to accept at some point that once you've either had this or been vaccinated, uh, there is no reasonable basis, no reasonable justification for making you continue to live your life under this cloud of constant fear. But booster shots every six months? They're they're preparing, get ready for it. They're preparing to tell you that this is going to become what's known as endemic disease. Right? We go back to the beginnings here. Pandemic is all of the people. It's a, that's a disease that's spread everywhere. Endemic is within the population, right? within the people which means that it just exists and it continues to exist and it spreads. The flu, for example, is endemic in our society, although this year the flu basically disappeared. And I've still not heard a single real explanation as to how the, the measures, the mitigation measures against the flu are 99% effective, but it seems 1% effective based on uh, CDC's own data on, say, masking and social distancing, uh, mandates one percent effective against the uh, covid virus that's very interesting isn't it they're both viruses they're very very small they transmit in the same way as far as we know but uh, friends they're gearing up to create the forever health bureaucracy health autocracy really that's going to be able to tell you you know what you can do where you can go 
And yeah, there might be a seasonality to it. But oh, once we start saying there's variants and booster shots and all this stuff, then it just becomes the new normal. There is no normal to go back to because our normal is every time there's a respiratory virus season, you got to mask up, you got to social distance, you know, which means every year. And you're going to have this massive bureaucracy of people who are out there pretending to save you by putting you through all this nonsense and all this stupidity. You know, I, I went out to uh, to dinner uh, on Saturday in in New York and the stuff. I mean, I got to tell you, the, the stuff that I was made to do, I had to go take my temperature. I had to put a mask on to walk to the hostess stand. Then I sit down. And then I stood up to go to the bathroom. I had to put my mask back on after taking it off when I sit down. There's some plexiglass divider next to me as if that's really going to, to do anything. Uh, the, the whole thing is it's we've gotten so far away from a rational approach to this. And the people who have brought us to this point, they will never admit the stupidity. They will never admit the downsides, the losses. So just get ready for it, you know. Masks and lockdowns and mandates work so well that they never work. And we're told to shut up and just do what we're told. Did you really think that if I believed that these things that Fauci and others were telling us to had been telling us to do up to this point? Do you really think that that if, if I believe that it was really effective? I mean, a lot of you disagree with me. I think that vaccines for at risk for at risk people are a good idea. I do not believe in any mandatory vaccination over covid. Um, and I, I think that people are seeing that there are side effects to this. And I've talked to people who have had some pretty nasty side effects. I've already had the virus. Is, is it reasonable to expect that me as a as a uh, as a covid, uh, you know, I don't know, survivors, the right term, whatever we call it. Somebody who's had covid uh, has beaten covid. I have to get the vaccine. That's reasonable. No, I find that entirely unreasonable. But I want to be able to live my life and continue my work and travel and do things. So. Am I going to have to bend the knee to the state on this? This fight is nowhere near over. Fauci's going to keep dragging you along with it just, just a little longer, just a little longer, just a little longer. I assure you, and if you listen to the show, you know, how much have I been right? How much has Fauci been right on predictions, on trends? I assure you that Dr. Fauci into the fall of this year will still be saying just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. And there'll be people saying, listen to Fauci. He has led us to the promised land. He knows what to do. They're wrong. And it's sad. And it's really annoying. People never want to believe it. They were the ones who were fooled. And so that's the greatest protection that the lockdown apparatus has.